0: to Pixels and Pine. This is a small pocket edition that we're going to do about 30-45 minutes uh, and we're actually going to do uh, two very, well, I suppose I probably should talk about what we actually do here. Uh, I'm Dan, uh, just me and Pete today. Hi. Uh, so that's why we're going to do a short one uh, and we just thought we'd do a little, bit of a, a little bit of a themed one where we will talk about the Couple of fan films that we've we've watched, are quite very specific to things that are quite close to me and quite close to Pete. So my ones are Star Wars ones and Pete's ones are Assassin's Creed ones. We'll see how many we get through. We're looking at getting through two and sort of just talking through on Pete's gonna put the links, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh he, in the um in the description of the YouTube channel and we will just... And the podcast episode. And the podcast episode. So, so
1: this is going to be a bit of an odd episode for audio only and and I promise we're not doing this specifically to drive traffic from the audio only file to the podcast. The idea actually
0: came up before we even started recording the yeah, the, 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 the video. YouTube side of it. So, so we're going to talk
1: about some fan films that are available on YouTube. If you're listening along at home... On the audio file um, then we'll give you full links in the description of the episode so you can go and watch them uh, we'll probably talk through just some some key talking points in the video um, but for anyone watching our podcast on youtube i'm going to cut in parts of the video that we're actually discussing so it'll make a lot more sense watching watching us on youtube but it's not a necessity
0: And to go along with that, we have a couple of very special beers uh, tonight as well. These, I'm not even sure if these are available or in stores yet. Uh, So, uh, Hop Products Australia just released a new hop called Eclipse. Uh, They describe it as a sweet, sweet mandarin, uh, zesty citrus uh, citrus peel and fresh pine needles, uh, along with that sweet, sweet mandarin. Um, there's a bit more to it. Uh, I've got a couple of photos of the uh, the, the, the hop uh, pamphlet um, with me. And what they actually did is they teamed up with a whole bunch of breweries around Australia. And I've got to say, I didn't look through the box that we got until mm. I, there's some fucking good beers in there. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I grabbed two of them out. There's, I think there's 12 in the pack. Um, I'm not sure if they're commercially available. These were sent to us by beer cartel. Um, uh, so these breweries have uh, gotten together with HPA, Hop Products Australia, to showcase the new Eclipse hop, uh, and then uh, the breweries have gotten together with Beer Cartel uh, in Armidale, close mm-hmm. to close to home, um, to put this pack out to the breweries, uh, so the breweries can taste a whole bunch of different styles of beer uh, using this Eclipse, this, yeah. this Eclipse hop. Uh, and uh, see what they think of it. Really good way for a a new Australian hop to be utilised by some of the best brewers in the country. Uh, So so
1: out of interest, Um, and I've noticed our beer nerdiness has has, uh, ramped up in the last couple of episodes in a row. Uh, We're gonna go full nerd in the opposite direction, I think, for this episode. But how often does, you know, is there a new product for
0: beer makers released into the market like Eclipse, a, a lot lately. So okay. uh, even today, you know, I got another email from one of our malt suppliers uh, talking about um, a malt company in Canada uh, with a new version of an oat malt. Uh, okay. So Canadian Canadian malting company. So not a very out, there, out their them. name, <laughs> uh, but they're 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 doing that. A couple of weeks ago, I got from the same guys uh, another malt which was biscuit rye, okay. uh, which sounded really interesting. Yeah. Um, Gladfield malts out of New Zealand. We probably get a different malt from them. I I would say twice a year, but like every now and then you'll get like intercut there. Probably sort of every three months. Um, yep. The Gladfield one's really interesting. It's a, it's a it's probably a story for another time, but they're 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 the young monsters coming out of new zealand but they've, they've got a, a a really good heritage um uh of actually growing grain to make bread for major supermarkets and then that that fell through so they had to either give up the family farm or change their company company ways pivot uh pivot yes uh so they pivoted to uh malt, okay. and, and they make an, an amazing range of different malts. Uh, so we get a lot from them uh new hops probably maybe two a year okay. um, and then there's a lot of experimental ones so experimental ones get uh, allocated numbers so this one would have been allocated a number yep. uh, and then a few fr- few breweries would have tried that that one through through its uh, trial phase mm-hmm. when it was just in a in a small crop uh, and then they would have allocated a name to it when they established that it was a good a good blend um, so this one is this this is a good blend so this is um, the sister of Galaxy, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Galaxy Hop obviously is massive in Australia and across the world. Uh, it's it's a proprietary owned uh, hop variety to HPA. So okay. e- Eclipse is now another proprietary owned hop yeah. to HPA so because it's a split off from Galaxy so how so. are
1: they so I'm assuming this is this is controlled selection yeah. is developing these flavors separately so very similar to like the wine industry selecting grape crops
0: for a specific flavor profile he's 100% like that yeah, so okay. they they pick uh they pick the so it's the sister of the Galaxy so I don't know what it's actually what it's actually blended with uh it doesn't actually say on there but I probably could find out from the rep uh but yeah they'll they'll pick They'll pick two desired hops, either high, high alpha hops, so that the high bitterness or yep. low alphas and high high oils, different oil contacts, give across different aromas and everything like that. So that they'll pick a couple, they'll cross strain them uh, and, and go from there. So yeah, okay. it's, it is exactly so, the same as the wine industry. So so when you talk about cross straining, I
1: know I'm delaying the, uh, the, the real subject because I keep asking annoying questions, but hopefully I'm not pissing off too many people.
0: So, do they graft or do they cross-pollinate? I'm not entirely sure. I, okay. d- I would probably say with hop, they probably cross-pollinate. I've got a black
1: thumb, just just for the record. So, I I don't know anything about growing fucking plants. So, you're good with piles and bad with plants? Yeah, I'm very good at killing plants. Uh, killed a uh, 22-year-old bonsai plant. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: only yeah, took wow.
1: me, it only took me a week. The thing was my age. It was... It was uh, it was a birthday present for my twenty second, I think. It reminded me of my twenty first birthday. Yes. It was planted the year that I was born. That's it was a, a very effort. romantic gift from a from a girl I was <laughs> with at the time. And I think I had it for three months, and it took a week to kill it.
0: Yeah. Mm. yeah. So
1: yeah, black thumb. But yeah, I'm just interested to know whether or,
0: not, or how hops is is kind of developed. I'm not sure, but I will find out. Okay. I will come back to you. Cool. Um, it's it's either on the genetic level or, or to be pollination. I would say. Yeah. Cool. Um, because hops aren't like uh, aren't like wine um, wine vines. They're not. They're they basically the whole thing's taken down. You don't just take the cone off yep. each each harvest. You cut the whole vine down okay. and then separate it out there. And then they grow from risers, which is just a, a cutting of that. So yep. I would say they are cross-pollinated, but I will find out because you now I want to know as How well. How they control the beans. So this this first one we've got, I picked a different one. Um, so this is Newstead Brewing from Brisbane. Uh, we've had a lot of great stuff from them. I'm not entirely sure we've had them on the podcast. No, we, might yeah. had, uh, we might have had. We might have had. I'm not sure whether you looked at the other can in there. No, I didn't. Okay, good. I'll keep that as a surprise. Um, so Newstead Brewing from Brisbane, uh, and this this is something a little different. So this is called Luna. Um, where's your little camera? Oh, uh, the little camera. you different duty. Just hold it up to the. Uh, okay, so it's 4K, it, Dan. It, I can zoom right in. Okay, so it's a it's a gorgeous label. It's a nice matte lunar with uh, with moon phases on there. It is. They're calling it a modern wit, so a modern wit beer. Okay. Uh, just a quick one on the back. Doesn't take uh, doesn't take a sharp wit, huh, uh, to realise that the Bel- Belgians know a, a few things or two about beer. Uh, so they, there is more on that, I just was going to skip that. Uh, a tart multibody uh, set to the canvas, uh, sets the canvas for the orange zest and delicate yeast esters using modern Norwegian Kvik yeast. Uh, we have dialed back the clove-like characters, allowing the citrus to become more the hero.
1: Which makes a lot of sense, given that the, the, this is a showcase pack
0: for the citrus, citrus notes for in the, the new hop. Eclipse yeah. hops. And I've had a couple of warm-up beers because I'm
1: on holidays, so...
0: Oh, and it is a beautiful-looking wit. Sorry, I stings you on the paw then, but you can have the can because I can like, right. Um Cool. All right. I'm looking forward to that. And so wits, wits are obviously... A very light wheat-based beer? Yeah, usually yeast-driven. Um, it's interesting using a Kavik yeast for it rather than a, a traditional wheat beer yeast. Um, but obviously that's... Uh, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous colour. Mm. I mean, those lights are really... Uh, Really showcasing that beautiful <laughs> pale white, uh, white element. It's quite cloudy it. so, too. Yeah, and as the, as they should be. So um, it's a it's a good uh, a good wheat beer sort of foam to it as well. Good rocky, uh, good rocky foam. They're not sort of as densely packed as some mm. of the new
1: ones. I'm um, I'm regretting because I'm I'm drinking more beers. So I'm, I'm drinking a, a, a uh, lager, a Mexican lager at the moment, and this is a very subtle. Flavor profile, so I'm, I'm gonna to have to sit on this for a while.
0: I think it is a super subtle plav- flavor profile. I
1: was, I get a lot of, lot of, um, uh, I'm not gonna pick the, the technical word here and and uh, and you'll have to forgive me, but it's almost got that carbon dioxide flavor that you get out of a
0: um, carbonated water. You said carbonic bite, sure, carbonic yeah. bite, which is exactly what Liam was talking <laughs> about last week as well, or well, the other, the last, last, last one. Uh, I, it, it throws me off being a wit beer and I put it to my nose and I don't get those traditional wheat beer, no. wheat, wheat beer esters, because um, I mean I love wheat beers, I love wheats, visins um, and, and wits, uh, but uh, you don't get many of them in Australia. But it, it, it's it, got quite, a, quite a, um, a tart bite to it too. Yeah, the which, which they should do, but that carbonic bite is probably working on that as well. Oh, and these are the ones you can pour aggressively. So go yeah, right. and fucking <laughs> knock yourself out. <away laughs> Nine of out of
1: ten Cicerones agree with me, pull,
0: right up pull. until we get a Cicero show. <laughs> it's like, no, no you're right. Uh, There's no
1: rule ro- but you're really kinda of
0: wrong. But you're right, yeah, but you're really kinda of wrong. Yeah, I did have a chocolate lad in the car. Um <laughs> it's it's definitely got that uh oily orange peel character to it they must yeah, have put does. a lot of hop in it but even then it's not the hop isn't super oh, up in. front. yeah um, but it's it's definitely got that it's it's what it says it's got that zesty orangey peel character to it that's a good pour it's for quite a week yeah good pour for a week and actually all of these will be amazingly fresh uh this was packaged on the 20th of october yeah. Okay. So, so less than a month, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, almost exactly a month ago because it's like the nineteenth or something today. Yeah. For that. yeah. Uh, so yeah, they'll they'll all be incredibly fresh. So um, yeah, that's very cool. cool. Uh, and that that's a that's I, I don't particularly like this term because people refer to this as the same sort of thing, sort of thing but it's a it's a lawnmower beer. It's a <laughs> yeah. It's a it's, it's a hot
1: Sunday afternoon. You've got to do some fucking chores, and you need something to cut through the sweat. Yeah. And and this that Dan was tapping on was the Say Samos Lager from the Australian
0: Brewery. Ooh. <laughs> Which we don't typically talk about while Dan's present. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 very light on flavour. Mm. It's it's, off, it's a subtle. off-puttingly light. Um, yeah. like I said. But it's but subtle and nuanced. But it's it's such a it's such a um, credit yeah. to that Gavik yeast at how neutral it can be. Mm. And I mean that fasted ferments at like they say that the the best fermentation temperature for that yeast is between 35 and 37 degrees celsius so body temperature every other yeast will die at that temperature yeah right so a wheat beer a wheat beer yeast will ferment slightly higher um saison yeast even higher than that but this convict yeast is like we we use it in the brewery and we don't even turn the cooling on. we just let it go just, just let it let it rock out. Yeah, but yeah, a, cool. a normal lager yeast. Um, so if we I... keep this up, we're going to
1: actually establish some sort of level of credibility. Yeah, the beer
0: nerdiness. We, we better get into the. Uh, I mean, in the, I mean the,
1: the pod the podcast in general, not this particular episode. Uh, yeah. It's just there's a lot of beer nerdiness going on.
0: Um, good... Yeah, a, a normal lager ale yeast will die at 25 degrees. Yeah, fuck. Okay, it'll just it'll just fall over. It just gets too hot. So. Yeah. Anyway, so this this first clip we've got here, teed up, ready to go. Excuse me, is um, a an excellent portrayal of uh, the Order sixty six from the prequel trilogy in Star Wars. We've seen this now portrayed uh, twice on screen. Um, so once, obviously, in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, it wasn't really portrayed. Of the Sith,
1: it was just Anakin cutting sick on the younglings, really.
0: Well, I mean, you see, you see Cody take that shot at Obi Wan, uh, and you see the the cuts to all the other Jedi's getting getting, getting cut down, by the clones. But there's, yeah. no, there's no explanation of it. There's no yeah. there's no one saying there's no portrayal from the clone point of view yeah. as to what it is. And obviously, once again, I blame Tom. He got me into the Republic Commando series and there is there is an entire novel dedicated to Order 66. It's called Order 66. So
1: so for the non-Star Wars nerds out there that have seen the movies oh, yeah, so don't really give a shit about get the, it. the peripheral, um, Order 66 was a... kind of a, a order hard-coded into the genome of the clones, so the, the, the Stormtroopers, before they were Stormtroopers. Um, and it was basically a a trigger in their brain that, when the trigger was pulled, they would kill all Jedi. So it was hard-coded by um, Emperor Palpatine uh, when he was developing the clones, Um, and obviously during, uh, what was it, Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith is what happens, yeah. Yep. So Order 66 is executed, uh, and all the clones, the the Stormtroopers, kill as many Jedi as they possibly can, which is most of the Jedi. And that's how you end up with A New Hope, where Jedi are an extinct, essentially almost extinct, race of people, or um... Religion. Yeah. Religion, yep. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why there's so few Jedi in
0: the Luke Skywalker kind of timeline. So, this... In, in Revenge of the Sith, you don't, there's no... Like, the, the first time you see it is Cody gets the order on whatever planet. Obi-Wan's riding the weird lizard bird thing yeah. up the wall. Uh, and he, he gets it and straight away he just goes, yep, take him out. But you watch the Clone Wars TV series and Kobe and Obi-Wan have had such a close relationship. Yeah. And he treats him well and he doesn't just treat him like uh, an expendable. A, a expendable soldier or expendable robot. And they, they all get along with their, their, well, not all of them do. But there's, there's a certain level of the Jedis that get along with their, their clone troopers very, very well. Yep. They sympathize with them. They don't think they should be treated the way they're treated. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they just turn, and they, they take out take out the Jedi. And Revenge of the Sith almost has this weird, well, okay, why did he turn so quick? Um, and then in The Clone Wars, Season 7 that just came out, uh, we see the last two episodes are the execution of Order 66. What do you mean just came out? Is Clone Wars still current? Season 7 only came it- out, like last year this year yeah. this year i think because don't forget i i'm not up to date
1: right? i know so i'm halfway through season five i've finally started to catch up I know, i'm
0: know. i trying not to Spoiler spoil it as it. much I, as i know I can. there's a
1: I, I know of a bunch of stuff that happens yeah. in the seasons i haven't
0: seen well you yet. know order 66 happens so none yeah, of this of is course. A, none, but and, i read that in comics yeah. So. Yeah. so you're gonna you're gonna get to a point in Clone wars where they start talking about an inhibitor chip yeah uh, that's ever you got which to that has point?
1: been intimated
0: well before okay so this, this wasn't originally canon. This came in canon in Clone Wars. So this is where, right. this is where it originated. Uh, and so the inhibitor chip is, it basically rewires the clone's brain to uh, let them take that whole emotional friendship that they have with the Jedi out of the equation. Uh, and this little short fan film that we, we just watched uh, absolutely execute that. So we start on a forest planet I'm not going to make the typical joke there. Um, And with the clone troopers just just marching through um, with a typical, uh, not typical, a um, relevant uh, Jedi there, a Quarian Jedi. Yeah. Uh, We've just had a lot of Quarians in the Mandalorian. Uh, it's a very beautifully animated, but as Pete said while we are watching it, there, there is a little bit of a, oh, I suppose we should say who this is from, uh, credit the guys, uh, it's Locken Studios, L-O-C-H, I
1: don't know where you're, uh, oh, there. there we go, Loacher Films, L-O-A-C-H-E-R Films, so again I'll put the link up, it's called Betrayal, Star Wars, Order 66, short film. And it's very clearly one hundred percent independent. Yes, it's it's almost it looks like it's entirely CGI. So it's, someone it is
0: it's it, it, this one doesn't actually state it, but I think he does it in the battlefield. Battlefield. Engine. Battlefront or Battlefront, Battlefront. 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 He does it in the Battlefront engine. I don't know if it's one or two Battlefront engine, okay. but it is. It's the other one's actually stated that he uses that engine. I suspect it would have to be two because the graphics, the quality, is too high for Battlefront one, which was.
1: Yeah, you know, probably five, six years ago now.
0: Yeah, so this this is this is a clone troop uh, squadron that we haven't seen before. So yeah. this is obviously of his creation. So he's done a beautiful job in creating the patterns on the armor, uh, the the squadron logo is a wolf head uh, in the center of the is in the center of the helmet. Um, somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen these guys before. Uh, they've got the Quarian Jedi there,
1: which is weird because he's in stormtrooper
0: armor. Or clone armor. Clone armor. A lot of them wore bits of it. Okay. Obi Wan and Anakin, they wore the gauntlets. Uh, I think Obi Wan at one stage he wasn't even wearing a chest piece. I, in, think. I think at one stage he wears like shoulder pads. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then they they obviously they they get they get the order come through from Coruscant. Order execute order sixty six, and it's done in a very. It's not as clear as it comes through in Revenge of the Sith. It's yeah. a very almost dreamlike state uh it comes through they're all sitting there holding their heads and it it, it, it gets it, it increases that level of confusion for them and um, we've,
1: we've got playing on a laptop off off shot so um uh, while we talk through it so yeah i mean look as a as a fan film it's it's four minutes long um it's pretty fucking well made i've got to say like it's you know the the animation isn't perfect the in you know, I spent a bit of time. It must be Battlefront 2.
0: That you're right. It's too it's too pretty to yeah.
1: be anything else. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm a little bit confused about that because I would have thought the engine itself already had scripting built in for like a walk animation. But the thing that, that it is a slight little jank to The them, thing isn't that there? triggered me was that the inverse kinematics and it's been a while since I've done any three D CGI, but but there's a there's a concept of when you create a three D model you can you can define bones inside yeah. the model as to how it moves so that their elbows can't or their arms can't extend past one hundred and eighty degrees on the elbow joint, things like that. It's called inverse kinematics because you basically say, I want the hand to be here and it figures out based on all the rules of the bones how the elbow joint needs to move, how the shoulder needs to move. And there's Little imperfections in
0: the in the fan video, but if, if you go, I'm I'm not saying go back to it now, but we're right at the very start where you only see them from waist up. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a slight little slide in their yeah. step, like in they the, step and they just they, they there's like right at the, right right the yeah right there. Do so the you see it? Seconds. It's just yeah. like it's like the step and then they they kind of like. <laughs> um, but <laughs> this is not taking away from it. Like me and like. No, I'm... you should see some of my fucking stick figure drawings. There is absolutely no way in hell that I could even possibly imagine to to animate any of this. So it's I'm not, we're not shitting on the guy. It's fucking amazing. No, that's uh, coming later of... in my video. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, but but I agree. There there is a little bit of, a little bit of jank. I, I, I imagine it's one guy. There is credits later on, so yeah. we can we can we can speak about that uh, towards for, the end. But for four minutes, like it's a, it's a four minute video. And what I like about it is it
1: describes or it shows you something that's linked to canon. It, it is part of the canon and yet tells the story, tells a story in a completely new light,
0: Literally it's, from a client point of view. Yeah. Literally through the, through the eyes of one of the clients.
1: So, so as the video progresses, basically they get the order. They all hold their heads because their brain's being rewired. And then they rewatch scenes or they rewatch parts of their life. As if a memory, and it shows you the original facts. So, the Koran Jedi is protecting the the clones in a battle with some some um, Battle Mix. Thank you, Battle Mix. Uh, and B one's to be exact. And then they they re see the scene after Order sixty six, where the Jedi was basically using them as cannon fodder. He literally force held them in front of the blaster fire from from the uh, from. The battle mix.
0: So and, he, and he's being enormously in the in the rewiring. He's being careless at where he's uh, striking the the blaster bolts coming off the yep. uh, the battle droids. He just strikes one here. He this, force this grabbed a, a rocket and threw it into a bunch of clones.
1: So it, it's cool because it shows you a new perspective on established canon,
0: and it's from a fan. Yes, so, so and and it's quite obviously from a fan that understands the the source material, the the law behind it, and uh, and it's it's relevant if
1: you're interested in in kind of the the extended Star Wars universe. Um, it's it's cool because it adds something, and this is what I've found. So so, and we'll get to my videos in a second, but a lot of the AC videos, the Assassin's Creed videos, they don't actually contribute anything to the body of work that is the Assassin's Creed intellectual property. Oh, uh, okay, yep. so. And I could not find, and, and you know, admittedly I only watched, I think, 20, or maybe, sorry, 10 to 15 videos, but none of them really contributed to... That's still a lot. None of them really contributed to the body of work that is the Assassin's Creed franchise. Yeah. Whereas this, to me, shows you a different perspective on established law
0: in an interesting way. 100% agree.
1: Um... It's only four minutes long.
0: Yeah, and it, but it, but it's so it, even that even that bit in the where where they actually get the order, it's quite emotional. That yeah, the, the beautiful shot right at the end where the, the camera is on a tilt uh, and the, the blaster fire is going off. you have not seen the blaster fire go off at the Jedi. You're just seeing the reflections on the rock. Uh, a beautiful little uh, well-rendered landscape, and then a, a lightsaber just drops into the uh, into the shot. So this is what I like about these kinds of videos. Well-made
1: fan films, well-made films of any kind, uh, when they're CGI, they still represent video footage. Yeah. So the shots are designed as if it, someone with a camera was sitting there. It's, it's, it's laid out in exactly the same way in 3D on a computer as it would if you were shooting 35
0: mm film. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, do you want to swing to the credits and see how many people it was made by? Yeah, when my wireless mouse actually functions. Sorry,
1: too much interference from the other side of the table, because too, too much technology we didn't want the laptop in the shop. So, uh,
0: so that's one. Music. Ah, oh, the voice acting was a New Zealand, uh, well, they put oh, on a music, well, wow, okay, oh no, it's a Patreon, so it wasn't, it wasn't very it was like many, it looked like, like, four five. people? Five, people, sh- voice acting, shapeshifter. Uh, yeah, Battle, Battlefront Two, Battlefront Two, and, and Quicksilver. So yeah, it was probably made by one guy and a, a a person that could do a very good Kiwi accent. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's cool. And and I noticed that as well because the clones are obviously all the same actual person genetically. So you really only need one voice actor for all the clones, and you need one voice actor for
0: the Quorum. Which the is Jedi. which is it, it's quite strange it's, that. The fan films still go that way, but the Clone Wars didn't. So they they don't have the Clone Wars TV series. They don't, don't have, have identical voices. They don't have identical they're voices. Pretty
1: darn close
0: though. They're, oh, they're pretty they're pretty close, but they they don't have the uh, Tamira Morrison no. uh, Kiwi accent. Yeah. Um, but this is this is one of the things that, that got me about the uh, the revoicing of Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back to Tamira mm-hmm. Morrison's voice. Bubba grew up without his father, so he was what eleven or something when his father died. Yep, but he still has the exact same accent as his father. So if they'd left the original guy's voice in there, that's not he, how
1: accents work.
0: No, that's not how accents work. Accents that's exactly, are
1: learned behaviours; they're not they're not genetically encoded. That's exactly
0: that's exactly the point I was going yeah. for. So, and and like he would have spoken to so many different races. Across the galaxy in the, the twenty years or whatever the difference is between yeah um the the uh, attack of the clones and empire strikes back, but he still has the th- and don't get me wrong I don't mind it I I I'd yeah. like I love Tamira Morrison as Django uh, I like him as the the other clones I love it when we get fan films like this like yeah even these guys so, like in the in the expanded canon or legends now. Uh, Jango did uh, train a troop of clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they would have tried to imitate his accent, but that wouldn't have gone through the entire army of that, millions of soldiers. That and
1: accents over generations change as well. It wouldn't be pure.
0: No. Yeah. So you wouldn't
1: go from from the original, um, you know, Attack of the Clones through to Empire Strikes Back with an identical accent. No. No. It's, it's an impossibility. I don't know why
0: they did it, but it was one of those weird things that George yeah, Lucas did. Fucking George Lucas yeah. with his revisionist history. But yeah. I do love Tamira Morrison as Django, and I do love him as Boba. In... I love him as a person,
1: man. We've met him. He's yeah, no, a fucking... he was fucking great. Yeah, he
0: was He was awesome. And what, I can't wait for him to... Sorry, spoilers. Um, reprise his role reprise as Boba his role in, in the Mandalorian, Mandalorian. And, and, We know what's happening. And... Because that is happening, I guess the changing the voice in Empire now makes sense. Because yeah. if it was a different voice in Empire and now all of a sudden we've got him back with the Kiwi accent True. in The Mandalorian, we I don't would now in- have in- though. <laughs> <laughs> sure He didn't he but, hadn't uh, sold the company. I, I have I have faith that um Dave Filoni thought about that. Yeah. So I um, think on that
1: note we're gonna take a quick break yeah. so Dan can watch the next video that
0: i am seen, because I hadn't seen this one, and uh, we'll be right back. Yep. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, the secret little beer that I, second beer that I- Well, Pete's back. Well, Pete's getting there. <laughs> I just thought I'd, I'd fill in yeah. while you sat your ass down. Um, the secret little beer that I, the second beer that I had, oh no, the label's not lined up. Um, the OCD and <laughs> just in just get in. Uh, is uh, of course uh, we are little fanboys of Hop Nation uh, from Victoria and it is ground control and I picked the West Coast IPA because of a couple of weeks ago and once again a brand new hopped uh, West Coast IPA from Hop Nation I couldn't uh, I couldn't resist so it's um, a little bit of residue The glass from the last beer too. Yeah, there, there was a lot of cloud in there, so probably a lot of a lot of lot of yeast residue mm-hmm. in there. Um, uh, beer, beer profile: take your protein pills and put on your helmet as this hop-driven West Coast IPA takes you to outer space. Ground controls stacked with some of our favourite hops, showcasing just landed Eclipse, bringing hints of mandarin, stone fruit, and pine. Cheers, Sam and Dunk. I have no fucking idea who Sam and Dunk are, but I'm assuming they're the brewers, so. What is the, what's I, the, uh, do you know where the reference to protein pills comes from? Uh, a lot of things, but ground control is major time, but I'm assuming protein pills is. Uh, I get Roger Ramjet. I'm pretty sure. Protein it protein p- yeah, he did take like protein yeah. pills, yeah. But I'm, I'm assuming it's probably something to do with, um, uh, like 2001 or something. Yeah. Once again, yeah. fucking gorgeous, Hop Nation label, so much detail, creating that hop cone into a space capsule. There's little rivets, uh, and yet still true to form in the sense that it's a simple can with a simple piece of
1: artwork on it. It's a white can. Yeah. <laughs> it was a demonstration beer, day.
0: Oh no, no, it's a shit of a thing to try and, and get. It's like fucking seven percent. It is seven percent. So you're drinking most of this one again. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm
1: cool with that. So the second video we've got tonight. Um, that you will be listening to at, or have to watch at home when you've got some time if you're listening to the episode as opposed to watching it is
0: Assassin's Creed 3 Rebel Blades. Oh, shit, I put too much for me then. Looks like I might be trying that PS5 later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
1: so this is a very different video. I'm, I love my, well, I love Star Wars, but I, I love my Assassin's Creed. And let me just say... I watched a lot of AC videos, fan films, and most of them are what you would describe as poor art house. Poor art house. So, like it might be a twenty-minute video, and at least like homo's fucking in the shoe. <laughs> not quite that bad. Okay, but at least twelve out of the twenty minutes would be just watching people walk slowly across a screen with like emotional, like music playing. So, while they lament their their life, this st- isn't actually described in the video. Style versus substance? Yeah, very much. I, I don't know why they they seem to be attracted to that. And, and it's interesting, and we will talk about this in the next episode, is is my read of AC Valhalla, which is the latest AC game that I've been playing a fuck ton of, coming from somebody who hasn't turned the PlayStation on in like almost two years now, I think I've been saying. Um, I've played
0: 28 hours in a week of ac valhalla or valhalla so um i i actually find depends on norwegian or Scandinavian or uh yeah. or
1: uh swedish the enunciation yeah so i i find the game is quite um zen-like for me i think what pisses most people off about the game in terms of the scale is that it's boring it's repetitious there's nothing much going on in the landscape and yet it reminded me for Odyssey and Origins, next episode. Yeah, talk about this one. So, but yeah, it's, it's almost <laughs> our house. Yeah, there was a point. I'm just, I'm never going to get there. So, uh, Assassin's Creed Three: Rebel Blades is a fan fiction set in Assassin's Creed Three. So it's uh, American Revolution era, um,
0: where they overthrew the Brits and declared independence. And as I said to you when you first put it on, it's my second favorite AC. Yeah. So my first is uh, the first, yeah. because I still don't think they ever topped that. Tend to agree. Um, there was a lot of stuff in that first one that they never did. But this was the first time that we got to use an axe. Yeah. Instead of yeah. Uh, swords, and you got you got a few Silicators different things in the second one, didn't you? A few different weapons. Yeah. I mean. Oh, I guess there was there was Brotherhood and um, Revelations in there. I never played Revelations. Yeah. So. so there was
1: AC two
0: uh ac brotherhood, brotherhood and AC again,
1: revelations yeah. yeah and then three came after the first four games which is the civil war which is the um the guy that's sitting just Connor. the left of of there yeah Connor.
0: and i i thought i thought he was a great character yeah, and he was. um and the, half the, american f- native indian yeah yep. the, the father um who was a, a templar. templar and uh, ended up with his own game oh really oh that was the um
1: pretty sure he got his own game or otherwise it was another son it, um, it it, was some... that was rogue that was the one yes. after I never played rogue either but I remember you I telling me rogue it was very good I didn't play it like 18 months ago yeah, I didn't know remastered the game. It. yeah but yeah. I didn't know the game existed until they remastered and relaunched yeah. it and went oh fuck I'm, there's an AC game I haven't played so so this uh this fan film is is set in that era. Um, there's a bunch of dudes in uh, British uh, red coat costume being pompous assholes, which is exactly how it's portrayed in the game.
0: It's super overactive. Yeah, it's, it's high too. Yeah, you know? High tea, to. but even the way they're holding the cups and the, the body posture, oh, yeah. and it's uh, it's super overactive. But uh, I've, I've got to say, it was made by uh, Corridor Digital. And yeah. If nobody's ever watched any more Corridor Digital stuff, please go and check it out then go and check out the Corridor crew. It's the same guys, they do a whole bunch of uh, VFX artists react to good and bad CGI, um, they do animators react to good and bad animation, uh, and stuntmen act, uh, react to good and bad stunts. While I was watching this, Pete I came, just say, Pete came back it. in uh, and my, my first comment was, this reeks of bored stuntmen. This was, this was they, they had a weekend or a couple of weeks where they weren't doing anything, uh and they've gone fuck it we're doing this and they've got a whole bunch of assassin's creeds weapons and colonial british outfits (laughs) and And, went off and made this
1: and the costumes are on point like they're they're i I mean i I don't know the era enough to know they're accurate they're on point for the game but they're on point for the game The 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 assassin in the fan film his outfit is his costume is on point there's a storyline it's a it, you know it's a, it's a 5 minute 21 second film and yet they manage to jam in an on topic story they've captured some young guy who looks like he might be
0: 14 um, and trying not to look like he's having the time of his life yeah. when he's meant to be in in <laughs> life peril. yeah um, you know they've got him tied up and decide to
1: duel so dueling pistols uh, and then the assassin comes in and rescues them but the it's i like this particular fan film because it's the only one i could find that wasn't either tragically bad which we may get to in this episode of the podcast
0: or... you've got it always there that almost looks like a dummy yeah, at uh, two minutes and thirty nine seconds. Look, the, the the face, I, even the hand. I, it is a dummy. Yeah, it is one hundred percent. It is. But
1: but it's it's so this is a fan film where there's a storyline. It's it's realistic in the sense that the the blood and the, the action is realistic. There's actual parkour in it that's well executed.
0: The choreographed fight there's is clearly excellent. work in this. Oh, I don't mean, clear. like on like Hollywood yeah. wire work. Yeah, but once again, game relevant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very he, much. He comes in and he sweeps the legs out of the soldier. The soldier goes horizontal, and he brings the axe down yeah. on his on his chest. So, so, it,
1: so the combat is is well executed. It's it's on point for the game, but it's Hollywood quality in the sense that it's believable.
0: And it, go, it goes one little step past the game too, as where it adds its own elements a little bit, a few more creative yeah. elements past that as well.
1: Um, the blood is realistic. The the stabbing, you know, he, he gets the, the um, muskets with the bayonets and, and, and uses those to stab through the guys and it actually looks like it's happening. And
0: then pulls the trigger on one of them yeah, once this, the guy's been stabbed through. Yeah, this is only relevant if you watch the really bad fan
1: films that are out there for AC where the, the, the violence is horrendously fake and, like, you know, someone standing there with a fucking... A fountain a bottle of tomato sauce, squeezing—it's kind of we is be around us. As soon as you finish your thought, yeah, yeah. it's the relevant quality. But I, look, it's a great fan film because it's on point, it's on topic, and it's it's humorous at the end too. Yes. So, I, I thought this was a good example of a proper fan film. There's obviously no Ubisoft or Ubisoft link. There's no money passing hands, and yet it kind of contributes a little bit to the body of work that is the AC franchise.
0: Talk about the beer, and then we'll yeah. literally come back to that point because that's—I uh, think that's a great one. Uh, I think it's a really beautiful seven percent West Coast yeah. It's not as bitter as I thought it would be. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's really well
1: balanced. Actually, I'm surprised. It's got a little bit of that—that that acidic bite towards the end, yeah, which is what you'd expect out of a seven. Was it seven? Yeah, yeah seven, seven, seven. So like seven yeah. So, so, there is a bit of that acidic bite of the alcohol towards the end of the palate, but it's, it's not
0: overpowering and, and the, it contributes to the flavor profile rather than yeah, being an extra. I definitely agree. I think that all those, all those levels are really well blended. It's got that nice, sort of piney body, uh, and piney it's very aroma. To it. It's very citrusy, uh, and then it finishes off with that, that sort of alcohol carbonic bite at the end as well. Yeah, uh, once again, really fucking great. And this, it's a good showcase I mean, for Eclipse. Cool. goddamn dangerous as well. Yeah, because you could, you, eat, ten, uh, you could eat, eat ten. You could drink ten. ten, ten one, yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah. realize how pissed you were at the end. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to let that warm up just a touch to see what those uh, see what that eclipse aroma is like. Um, I completely agree with you on what your comment was just then that it adds to that body. This this could be one of the cutscenes, uh, game. The, the or, or even just a bounty that you did as a little as a little. It could be one of those ones that you just. I can't remember how much dynamic world events there were in AC three. Actually I don't think there was that many. No, there weren't that many. But it could be one of those things that you can Just across. a side
1: quest. Just, just a random just, five minute yep. distraction quest that kind of adds to the To the atmosphere of the game
0: yeah Yeah, because he grabs the the bounty that the the english soldier throws in the river out of the river um he starts to run up to him i still don't know how the assassins run when their hoods are down touching their noses
1: not only that
0: but if you've
1: ever run in real life with just a standard hoodie on what happens when the wind resistance hits that hoodie? Oh,
0: yeah <laughs> <What is laughs> it flips that?
1: the hood back
0: and <laughs> yeah. right? I I thought face. of that. yeah
1: and i didn't think of it until i watched some really bad things oh, films, okay. and every time the assassin's running f- the, the first thing that happens is their their hood that
0: sits around their, the peak of, you know their peak of their hair flips back yeah because no, that's what happens haven't, they haven't pinned them down yeah yeah yeah, he he grabs it and then uh, I mean, after all the action happens, the he gets the, lets the the young captured boy go, which is obviously he was there to save him. Uh, strings up the um, and just annihilates the red. Boys. Oh yeah, they just don't annihilates. Even, them. There was never a point where he was ever in danger of getting. But in realistic combat, though, yeah, uh, yeah, excellent, and, and, excellent and inventive combat, combat. so
1: yeah. he actually pulls. So there were two two redcoats behind him at one point, and he pulls the bayonets off the end of their muskets and reverses them and stabs them both at the same time. Yeah. I thought that was great. And then right at the end, he uses the, uh, I wish I could remember so the- Just a rope dart, I think. Yeah, it was, it was a rope dart.
0: Yeah. Um, he uses the rope dart to nail the last guy. And jumps off the end, like, even how he climbed the tree, like they, they obviously, I, I really would like to know whether they reinforced that tree before he- I don't know, but that was real parkour. Too. I know it was, yeah. He, he jumped up there. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, he swings on a lower branch that didn't look any thicker than maybe four or five uh, centimeters. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it was. It was, it was pretty thin, the, thin. If you go, if you go it was to arm thickness, the, the first one wasn't. The first one was really thin. Yeah, we'll we'll jump to that in a second. But Oh, but being the corridor corridor digital guys, it might have just been a fucking metal pole shoved through the tree, <laughs> the and I know, replaced it with the branch. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, the action's great. And then, yeah, and then he sweeps, the, there it is, there yeah. So it's like a three, three minutes. Three minutes, this, this audio isn't really going to change. Just, it. just yeah. It. yeah, look at that, right. it, it, it doesn't move, it doesn't flex, and then he stands on, that's yeah. gotta be a fake Yeah, bridge. you're right, so, yeah. so they've,
1: they've obviously done a Hollywood number on it, but the, the rope dart, throwing into the back of the guy while he's up a tree, and then jumping back down and hanging him. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's spot on for the, the AC3 game. And, and i like that there's a bit of humor at the end of the episode too so obviously he he uh, kills the guy that's in the bounty the assassin kills the guy that's in the bounty throws the bounty on the ground and the kid who has been locked up and has just been rescued by the assassin picks up the bounty cashes the check and the next the ending scene while the credits roll is him just rolling money and he's just doing these you know so he's all dressed up in his in his blue coat gear and he's walking around with a with a, a, a pimp cane, with a pimp cane, and a, and a full blue coat outfit, so very cool. It's it's got a humorous ending. Um, well worth the watch. I mean, it's fucking five minutes.
0: Yeah, why wouldn't you? And I mean that's the whole reason we decided to do these these yeah. little fan film ones. So it's supposed to be short. But we're forty five minutes into the episode,
1: so obviously not that short. Yeah, but that's all right. Now
0: we're we're hitting hitting the end of the second year, Well I'm hitting the end of the second year. Yeah. Uh, so they, oh, they've got an even a, a behind the scenes of it. So I'm, I might have to watch that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. These I, these are the two guys that own um, the Corridor Digital. Yep. Yeah. Um, that started it, and uh, yeah. So you'll see them on the. Uh, on the website on most of their youtube clips all the time so very cool um yeah well, well worth the watch they do some the corridor digital guys they do some ama- they do an amazing portal one that they did under an underpass in la Yep. and they're shooting their two guys in lab coats with the portal gun and they're just <laughs> yeah. doing all this weird shit with the portal guns uh and it's 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 excellent absolutely amazing so very cool we might um, take a quick break while we watch the next video I think. or even call it there Yeah. Up to you. What'd you say? That was uh, how long? Forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. That's what we said we were going to do. We'll we'll put the put the others in the bank for next. Yeah, time. I think that's a good idea. So
1: that's the end of the the pocket pint uh, the pint size pocket episode. There you go. Pint Size <laughs> pocket episode. There you go. Well, there's there's your title yeah, as well yeah, 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 for pixels and bytes. Uh, so we'll probably record again in a week or two, which a fortnight would be a normal episode, a normal cycle, but. Uh, we'll try and get something done next week it's just i'm um, i'm here and there and everywhere next week so I'll see what happens
0: And yeah. i'm sure you'll be doing uh ps5 with thomas yes well when you're next on but but you need to be there just so oh no know. no I'll, I'll i'll be there and i'll be asking we'll un- be numerous stupid PS5. questions so absolutely yeah cool all right thanks for joining thanks, us thanks guys yeah. bye. oh, guys and girls my bad bye